On today's Sports and Rec, we talk about the start of March Madness, NFL offseason moves, the end of the NBA season, some recent golf events, and give our thoughts on the first episode of Ted Lasso Season 3. Hope you enjoy the pod. Welcome to Sports and Rec. I'm Anthony Restivo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Friday, March 17th. The madness has begun. Princeton has broken the brackets, I think. Busted most people's brackets, I would assume, at this point. Uh, the huge upset over Arizona. You had that, right? You had Princeton? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it. We're good. <laughs> Don't worry. Perfect bracket. How far did you have Arizona going? Uh, I, I know a lot of people had them like winning. Um, well, somebody in our, our one group had them winning. Um, let's see. I had Arizona to the final four. Woof. That, that hurts. Bit. That hurts. You're I didn't done. have them in the final though. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I got three of my four final fours. Like, we're good. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs> uh, did you watch the game? What do you think of the, I watched like the last, I was able to catch like the last like five minutes where it would seem like it was bad basketball, but, um, Princeton was able to execute towards the end. And you gotta always look out for those Ivies. Like I, they usually show up for the games. Like Princeton's been in these games before, like through their history. And um, I think I don't think this is the first time Princeton's won as a fifteen, or they became very close when they won as a fifteen. I think so, they were one of the sixteen seeds that almost beat a one seed, weren't they? I, maybe they almost beat UCLA, possibly, or Georgetown. I'll have to look that up. But I think it was there. There's a history there, and you know we've seen, um, I think Harvard do well, uh, Yale. When Chris, our friend Chris, was coaching there, they got a big upset over Baylor as a 12 seed. So it's definitely you're right. There's sometimes there's these conferences in uh, basketball or teams in basketball that you're kind of like Vermont's another one where you're kind of like. Yeah, they generally or they have in the past like sometimes it's not like often but they play well when they get to the tournament and um ivy league's usually a, a decent one to uh, lean on if you're looking for upset picks um yeah and uh last three years a 15 seed has won last three years it's happened Earl roberts then you've got st pete's and now you have princeton three straight years St. Pizza is a 15. Yeah, and they got the Elite Eight. Oh, damn. Oh, they were definitely a 15. Like, that conference is garbage. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I just didn't realize they were a 15 because normally uh, teams don't go that far. Um, that's how wild it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's true. Cool. Well, yeah, so we got that one uh, already happening. So, or already happened. Um, we saw Virginia uh, blow it at the end. What are you doing? You got time out. We well, got time out. And there was a guy not even like off to the right that was more open than whatever he was trying to do there. And wasn't that like their senior point guard too? Like a, yeah. Or like a guy's been there before. So see that guy. I don't know if he was just trying to huck it down to the other end of the court or what he was doing. But first, see that guy. Second, that what he did should be maybe plan C, not, you know, plan B in there maybe should be called that timeout. So, um, and go back a little bit. Princeton won as a 13 seed against UCLA, reigning national champs in 96. All right, so you had that. You had that right. No, but, they run as 15. I had them as 15, so. but Oh, they, I thought it was a 16 seed. Nope. No, no, no. Uh, UMBC was the first one to do that against Virginia. So, Virginia, you have that going in your favor. It wasn't the worst upset in your school's history. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Furman was actually a pretty popular, I think, team uh, for upset picks. Because I think Virginia, yeah. not their strongest team, despite their success this season. They're not, not their, their strongest like talent wise yeah. and their best big i think was still hurt he broke his hand mm. in the acc tournament so i kind of forgot about that one if i remembered that one i think i might have picked that upset but i did not pick that upset if anybody's wondering i'm sure you all are <laughs> yeah the um i'm not trying to see where they were like um I was trying to still look at princeton again to see if they had i thought there was a 16 seed that they were they I think they were very close. Anyways, yeah, they were very close to like upsetting someone one time. Anyways, uh, so that's the the two big upsets. So um, Furman as thirteen over four, not as unusual, but still pretty big deal. And then the fifteen over two only happened ten other times before Princeton just did it. So, but like you said, parity's kind of being more spread out. It's it's happening a little bit more frequently. Um, than it has in the past these teams are a little bit stronger more prepared more video um more variance in terms of like sometimes team like the umbc thing teams just play the, the right game at the right time and you never know what could happen um team goes cold and can't fix it so i mean and clearly arizona only 55 points so very and that's a team that i think was in like the 70s 60s for what they were averaging uh before the season um or before this game so um, but yeah, no, no experts here though, in terms of college basketball people. So who oh, do you yeah. have, who do you have as your, uh, final four for the men's and women's? All right. We'll start with the men. I think I have that one up right here. Um, so my final four is Arizona, Purdue, <laughs> Xavier, and Kansas. Wow. Xavier. Xavier. I got Xavier going on a run. All right. I have, well, I filled out to you, but the one I had the most fun with, um, I had UConn win the whole thing, but I had UConn, Houston, Marquette, Alabama. Um, and I think my other one, I only made one change and it was Gonzaga, Houston, Alabama, Marquette, and then Houston, Alabama, and Houston winning. So the UConn was my, my fun one. Um, but then the Houston one's probably the one I feel the better about. Houston, but I had Alabama in the final. What was your final? Uh, Purdue Xavier with Purdue winning. Wow, you went all the way with Purdue, huh? I know, and they're gonna burn me again because they've always burned me in every bracket before, so I'm sure. But and you know, they've played well this year. They got a dominant big, um, senior veteran team. So I'm 
I like them. I like them. I think, and I I like the. I think their side of the bracket is very, very doable for them. I know you have good teams. You know Marquette in there. Uh, I think Providence is a sneaky eleven seed in there. Um, Duke's been playing well right now, um, but I still think it's very winnable for them. Um, they avoid most of those teams. They would only see Duke in the Sweet Sixteen, um, and Marquette in the Elite Eight. So makes sense. So Purdue, Xavier. That's who you had. Mm-hmm. Not Purdue, Kansas. Nope. All right. Hey, and Kansas struggled a little bit today. Yeah. Where did you have UConn uh, losing? I have UConn losing. Oh, Kansas. Kansas, probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I have a little run going on Northwestern. Northwestern, I have them making the uh, lead eight. All right. That's a fun one. Ah, uh, yeah. Who's your big Cinderella pick? Uh, big uh, North Northwestern. I mean, I guess you call Xavier a little bit of a Cinderella at um as a three seed. I don't know if that's that much of a Cinderella. Um, I had them in the Elite Eight, losing to Houston. So I got Northwestern in the Elite Eight. Um, yeah, I think mine is either. I mean, I had Charleston go to the Sweet Sixteen. Drake, yeah. I have Drake in the Sweet Sixteen, so Drake, Charleston's already out. Drake could happen. I, like um, I got Providence as an 11 seed going to the Sweet 16. And then I had, like, obviously UConn beat Kansas, which is a little bit of a – that's an upset. And I had Tennessee take down Purdue, too. Uh, I got BCU 12-5 upset. Um, picked Pitt to upset Iowa State. There's an 11-6 upset. Um, a couple in there. This is a hard one. I feel like this is a pretty. You, you had Charleston making a run. I haven't go to the Sweet Sixteen, but that's obviously already out. So yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not terrible though. Uh, I thought it was a good pick. I always had the twelve fives. You got to go with the twelve fives. Yeah, you got to find some of those in there. So, so nothing too crazy though in my end. Uh, Mark, USC over at Michigan State ten seven. So, but nothing crazy. What do you got for the women's side? Uh, for my final four, I'm gonna go South Carolina, Iowa, LSU, UConn. Um, with South Carolina and LSU making the finals, and I, I, South Carolina's winning it. Like that team is a juggernaut. So I just wanted to go against them winning the whole thing. They're so so good. Boston is an unreal player. I just don't know if there's someone in the country that can really stop her for four quarters. Yeah. So I had the exact same final four. Um, I think the one change that I made was well i did one again uconn winning the whole thing um which i know is not going to happen they're not good enough to do that but i had to had to do it I had to throw them not in healthy there. enough i gotta give them that not healthy yeah enough. so i had same final four like you or who you he had uconn in the final four though right yes yeah yeah so i had south carolina iowa lsu uconn i had lsu against iowa and Iowa taking it. Let's go. I, mean, I love uh, what's her name, Clark. Is it Clark? Yeah, Clark? Ka- Caitlin Clark. Great. She's unreal. So I mean, that'd so, be great. So I was gonna ride that. It was between. It was tough because I was like, I either have to pick Iowa or Stanford, uh, to win. And I liked the Caitlin Clark storyline more. So I was like, I'll go with Caitlin Clark because I already we already upset. saw the Stanford South Carolina game too. So they got upset ugly last year too. So I think she's who did on- Iowa. Yeah, I think she's yeah. on revenge. Yeah, so you never know. You get a player like that in tournament, South Carolina can't do anything about it if she's dropping thirty points and 
yeah, making it rain. So that that's kind of the one I'm hoping for, considering UConn's not fully healthy, um, or not healthy enough to to kind of make a run. So, uh, but I was pretty proud because normally I do like all the ones going to the tournament. So it's kind of nice to switch it up and have only one one seed make it this time around. So not too bad. Um, so that's what's going on there. Um, NFL stuff. We'll switch over gears quickly. Free agency stuff started happening. Uh, first move, uh, the Bears traded their number one pick away to the Panthers. Were you surprised that they did that? And I guess that no. means they're buying into Justin Fields. Definitely buying into Justin Fields. Got him a great number one receiver finally. So he has someone to throw to in Chicago. Yeah, DJ Moore getting that was Yeah, great. got some picks back. So, um, and Shore I, up the offensive line, hopefully. Yeah, and I don't – I mean, this draft class is not blowing me away. No. Like, a lot of, a lot of good, you know, a lot of good players in it, but nothing, like, explosive, I don't think, in the early picks. They don't need a new quarterback. I don't think it's a strong quarterback class. Um, so, I, I – I think they made the right move of trading it away. I don't, and uh, yeah, there was a, there was not a no brainer. I think in this year's draft that they need to hold on to that number one pick and take, I just don't think so. Yeah. I think they got a good haul Would they move back to, they're still top 10. They still have a top 10 pick this season uh, in this draft. So they're going to, I would assume go with offensive linemen of, of some kind, or if not that probably some other wide receiver weapon to add. But I think like DJ Moore, I mean, he's not a number one pick in a draft, but like, this solid wide receiver that's shown to be success that they're capable of, of producing and being successful in the league. Um, and they didn't really have that at all last year. So I think that's a worthwhile um, move for them. Um, but the Panthers making it makes it seem like, I mean, they're definitely going to QB, right? I think so. That's where the coach is talking. Sure. seems like yeah. it. Who's it? Uh, they brought in. Is it um, Doug Peterson, right? No, Doug Peterson's with the Jags. Um, oh shoot! Yeah, you're right. Um, who did they bring in for the Panthers? Isn't it like someone from like the Colts or something? Frank Reich. Ah, uh, that's who it was. Frank Reich. Um, yeah, I forget. Um, this is the quarterback from Florida. I believe he was high on. I think, but I'm not. I don't. Uh, okay. Yeah, the I guy that he... like had a good pro day or something. Yeah, I think they gotta go quarterback though. Like Darnold's gone, and um, I can never remember his name, but he went to the Bucks. Um, Baker. Baker, thank you. Um, so yeah, they they kind of have to. Yeah, well, so I mean, it's probably too early to decide. If you had to guess, which quarterback do you think? I Bryce Young was kind of the almost a consen- consensus like one that like most people thought w- people would go for. This Florida guy seems to have blown some people away. And then you had that guy from Kentucky, Will Levis, um, was kind of high on people's radars. But what are your the I mean, it's definitely gotta be a quarterback. If if you move up, it's generally that's what you're trying to do. But I don't love it. I, I don't think I think you could have gotten like a Jimmy G. Like, why not go for a Jimmy G in the offseason? Now he's in the Raiders. On the Raiders. Um I don't think it's Bryce Young. I think Bryce Rung's going to tumble in this draft, to be honest with you. You think so? I think so. Uh, I think people are going to harp on his height. Yeah, I mean, it it does. It has played a factor before. I mean, there's uh, a lot of people 
always want to go back like, well, Russell Westbrook was short, um, Russell Wilson was short. Yeah, but there's been a number of other short quarterbacks that are not panning out. You know, I just brought up Baker. His He's won some games, but I think his size has hurt him, and he's a little careless out there. Kyler is a freak athlete that makes some wild plays, but again, I think his size hurts him a little bit. Um, so I think size definitely plays a factor in this, so I think he tumbles a little bit down the draft, and it's not the first quarterback taken off the board. Yeah, C.J. Stroud was the other guy that's kind of in the the mix as one of the top QBs. I feel like he's probably the safer pick of the group. As the the other guy's not really proven. If we've done this before with like people that like impressed, well, you like very some recently too. Guys. You like huh? some unproven guys, like Who? you like Lance. I was interested in his skill set, but like, I'm still not sure if he's the one. I just like the idea of Kyle. Like I've said it before. I think Kyle Shanahan would have been better off, better served uh, if he had gotten Justin Fields instead. So I still think that was the pick. I would have loved to see Justin Fields as a 49er in that offense with those fucking weapons would have been great. Um, I mean, there's a ton of different boards here with like ranking quarterbacks and different things. A number of them do have Bryce Young still ranked pretty high. Um, yeah, the one I'm looking at has him as the second guy off the board. I'm seeing first, you know, the the Will Levis guy from Kentucky, you know, big arm, big body. Um, could he pan out for a team? Maybe. Um, made Kentucky better for sure. Um, so be curious to see how he does. Yeah, I, I if I had to, if it was my choice, I think I'd go with C.J. Stroud. Not a bad pick. Um, big body, fast, good athlete. We've seen yeah. him. Yeah. So, um, I, I think I that's think, a, that's a, it's worth a shot. I mean, if you liked um, Justin Fields, you love C.J. Stroud, and Stroud has right now where they were when they were drafted has a stronger arm than Justin Fields. So, not bad. If you pan yeah. out anything like Justin Fields, it's gonna be pretty good for a team. Yeah, we'll see. But that that's kind of what I would like to see people do. But that was kind of the first um move. Um, not too surprised that they did it, uh, that the Bears traded out. Um the next big one to talk about is Aaron Rodgers officially saying he wants to go to the Jets. Um, made his list of demands. The Jets are talking to the at least a few of the players that are on his list already. Um I, I think I had said this is what I think is going to happen, and it sounds like it is going to happen. So what are your thoughts now that it seems like it's getting closer to becoming reality? Uh, I got to wait to see it happen. I can see the Jets screwing this up somehow, or uh, Rodgers pulling a great Houdini move. So, um, But it looks like the Jets want him. The Jets need a quarterback bad. Like That team was good last year. Good defense, young talent out there, few injuries, and I think not having a quarterback is what killed him. And that – I mean, with the Bills, they're tough, but definitely ability to get into the wild card in that division. And you don't know if you bring Aaron Rodgers in, you you contend in that division. I think a little bit depending on what the Bills uh, do in free agency in the draft year. Is Rodgers st- still that guy? Uh, he's good enough. He had his numbers declined quite a bit last year. They did, they did, um, and the Packers really weren't that great overall. <laughs> Um, but he really had no weapons last year. They didn't give him anybody to throw to. They got rid of um, his best receiver. 
Um, didn't really draft any receivers. They brought back Randall Cobb for him. Great. Um, so, yes, his numbers declined, but also the talent around him declined significantly also. Um, so I think it makes the Jets relevant for sure. Um, it's somewhere he wants to play. Um, I think we've seen a motivated Rodgers, and that's a pretty good player. So I think I think it will be fine. I don't know if it's going to – it's not winning them a Super Bowl. And I think they're going to have to give no. up a lot. I think they're going to have to give up a lot to get them. They need um, another quarterback that is in the AFC on their team, I think, for that to happen. No, I meant like the Jets have are going to – because they're going to have to trade for him. They're going to have to give up quite a bit in order to yeah. get him. And I don't think it's going to end up being worth it. Nope. I don't think so either. Um, I think it would have been smarter to go in a different direction. But whatever, their choice. Uh, what do you think this – does Jordan love uh, do the Packers just lean into him? Do you think that's probably the move and just? I think so. I think they got to give him a shot. They've liked him take for the a while yeah. now. They draft him at a point where you wouldn't think they would draft him in Rogers' career. So they obviously like something about him. And when you draft someone like that, you 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 groom him for the future. Same head coach that did draft them, um, draft him. So so yeah, I think you ride him. Yeah, it'll be. I'm interested to see him with like a full season, like as a starter. I mean, the weapons still aren't there as of now, um, but maybe they can do a little bit more of the offense. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, but it sounds like that Jordan Love is the next. I mean, we've talked about this before, but Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre were the last two like Packers quarterbacks for the most part. So it's just, they've only really had two people there and this is now the third person. Um, for the most part. Uh, I know there's been some like in and out stuff. The other surprising thing, um, Austin Eckler asking for a trade. Uh, did that surprise you? Um, I think it's all part of the game sometimes. Wasn't getting the deal he wanted. Yes, for a trade. Maybe deal talks heat up some more. You put some pressure on the Chargers. Or you go to a, go to a team, get a better deal. So I think it's all part of the game. Um, seen this, heard this from a number of different players in multiple leagues. So... Um, I don't not not so nothing none of that surprises. I'm curious what you, will end up happening. Yeah, do you think he will? Do you think he will get traded? I think running backs more often than not. I think teams will lean towards trading them. Uh, he was yeah. some, he was banged up last year a little bit, and running backs fall off a cliff very quickly. And yeah. we've seen you can find running backs and have them for like three to four year stints, and then move on three to four year stints, then move on. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see where he goes because he's still talented. Uh, you know, dual threat, catching, running. Um, it's, it seems strange that he'd want out of the Chargers, though, uh, with, you know, new offensive coordinator, maybe some improvements, uh, up-and-coming team uh, with a lot of talent. So I'm surprised, but curious to see where he goes. I would not hate him coming to the Cowboys after we lost uh, Zeke. Uh, no more. Zeke is no longer going to be a Cowboy. Uh do where do you think he goes? Any guesses? What do you think that his last play was at center for the um Cowboys? Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I don't care what about that, but I it's sad to see him go. I liked him as a player for the Cowboys. Where does Zeke end up? That's interesting. Let's say um I could see him staying in the division, going to like the commanders. Um maybe the Colts pick him up. Maybe mm. the Chiefs pick him up. Chiefs would be a fun one for 
for him and them, I think. Yeah. Like, so why not? I think he either goes to a contender or goes to a non-contender. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the market will be for him, especially if there's others. I know Miles Sanders is now available uh, from the Eagles because they just brought Penny in. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Zeke and what the market is for someone like him. He's got a lot of miles on him. This is a little bit past that mid-20s mark, which... I mean, he wasn't even the best uh, running back on the Cowboys last year. And yeah. Makes you think that they're confident that um, Pollard will be okay. Yeah, he's had some injury issues and off the field, um, multiple types of off the field issues. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, do you hate Juju Smith Schuster now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, Steelers prove again, you know, they moved on from a guy at the right point. Um, he fleeced the Patriots, so good for him, you know, taking their money because he's not going to play well for him. He's going to be a shit quarterback. Um, but yeah, bro, dead to me. He can't do that shit. Yeah, that was that was uh, he's, not the first, he's not the first one to do it. You know, James Harrison suited up in Patriots gear. So yeah. We are yeah. giving players away when they're washed up. So, you know, Patriots can have our sloppy seconds. That's quite all right. <laughs> what about um the Lamar Jackson situation? So we've seen a couple things. Uh Derek Carr got uh, moved to the Bucks. Uh Saints. Uh, Saints, sorry. Um Baker Mayfield went to the Bucks. Uh, Jimmy G's with the Raiders. Um, Lamar Jackson is currently with the Ravens, but is in a tag situation where other teams can offer him a contract, and it's up to the Ravens if they want to. Um, so yeah, what do you think of all those movements? And most of all, why aren't the Jets going for like Lamar Jackson instead? Um, I'm curious what the talk is out there. I'm willing to bet the Ravens would match any offer that does come in. Um, they can, if they can't afford it, because some teams can come over the top of them that the Ravens can't afford. And maybe they don't want to go over the top with him. Just seeing the last few, um, max contracts or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, guaranteed money contracts for quarterbacks haven't been outstanding. Uh, I mean, I'm going to remove Deshaun Watson from that conversation because that is a completely outlier um, out of all them, but was a guaranteed contract that is screwing that team over right now, I think. Um, I mean, he'll be back, but I don't think he'll be the same. So, um, yeah, I don't know if teams are concerned with, like, what really happened with these injuries. You know, it was very clouded and awkward, and the Ravens sucked at talking about it. Um, and Lamar was kind of like not like it was hard to separate whether it's injury or uh, discontent. What's the clarity? Like there was no clarity there, so I could see concerns from that. But he's the the Ravens botched this a long time ago when they didn't lock him up sooner. So he's an NFL MVP. Freaking good. The Ravens got to figure this out. Like I leave the division. Get out of here, buddy. Like I would be thrilled <laughs> with that shit. Have the Steelers sign him. I don't care. Um, but like, I would be thrilled if he goes away and you know the Ravens are are left just floundering. So, but um, so do you, is that where you think he ends up? Do you think he stays with the Ravens or do you think he goes elsewhere? They have to figure it out some way because if you were the Panthers, the Texans, who else is Colts? Who are these teams that are looking for QBs? Uh, the Jets kind of being one of them. Like, 
do you think it's more worthwhile to go for him over a draft pick that's unproven but would be less expensive um or an Aaron Rodgers who's pushing 40 and maybe on the decline it's hard to say and it's got his own issues like kind of on the field off the field interesting game that they probably have to play because i'm sure you don't want to be a team that offers something and then the ravens immediately take it or it's just like oh we lost out on that or we already showed our cards too early are we getting bid so yeah but if you're the texans does that matter like would you rather have him over bryce young if you can get him and do you want to i think it's a hard card to play not so much with lamar but just like the message you maybe send as a team um, to other players on your team of like now no one should be offended that they're trying to get Lamar because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But if you don't get him, are you showing how much you're willing to pay for a quarterback? So then you're creating a market that if you're going to go sign other quarterbacks, well, Hey, you were willing to pay him X amount of dollars. Let's get close to that. Um, so hard to say how those conversations go. I think he's going to, but I think, out. I think these teams should go for him though. Like, yeah, take the, take the splash. That seems like a more worthwhile, um, like more of a sure thing, a better investment, um, in, and going after Lamar Jackson than it does to take a chance on this particular group of draft picks. And, um, or the free agent market that's out there right now for QBs, which isn't the strongest. I mean, Daniel Jones, the Giants did a soft commitment to him. I feel like wouldn't you have rather have had Lamar Jackson? I don't know. It's just you, you'd think these other players would be like a little bit better um, or more interested in him than they are, which is an, an interesting. I've also heard the Lions thrown out there, which could be really interesting. Uh, It'd be interesting, but Groth, I mean, finished well for him last year. Took quite a run. Groff is not Lamar Jackson. Do not mince, do not confuse my words. Um, but they have a good thing going there. So, yeah, just wanted Lamar to might be Lamar puts that team over the top, but they did just exactly. uh, Jamal Williams did just leave. So, yeah, and then they brought somebody else in, uh, David Montgomery, uh, from the Bears, too. So, yeah, I think there's some interesting. I think if you had to pick the Ravens or the field, you go with the Ravens. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll take I the field. Think they make it happen. I think they get it done. It might be a short contract. Maybe it turns out to be like only a three or four year contract. Um, but I think they get it done. I think they take the field. I think that relationship's gone. Bridges burned. Hey, and I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. I hope you're right. <laughs> and then did the Raiders, Saints, um, those teams get any better with their QB situations? Garoppolo is a winner, man. Saints definitely got better. Like, I don't think you can argue that. Saints for sure got better. They actually have a quarterback now. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Raiders get worse. You know, Probably similar situation. Similar or, you know, Garoppolo's just won where he's gone. Like, he found ways to win with the Niners. Carr we'll, see. Not- we'll see if Kyle Shanahan was the reason behind that. <laughs> fair. That's a fair point. Um, but Carr has not found ways to win. Like when he was with the Raiders, he found ways to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see Garoppolo doing well in Vegas, um, being cool there, you know, stays healthy. Um, I don't know. Maybe he will not try to do too much. I don't know if Carr thought he should be doing more, be the elite quarterback in the league. I don't think 
I don't think Garoppolo's wired that way. I think he's wired to win and not so much being like the next Tom Brady or that like he lived in Tom Brady's shadow. So I think he, I think that's a, a feather in his cap to have learned from him and kind of see how he did things day to day with the Patriots. Um, so I like that one for the Raiders. People are kind of bagging on it, but I think it's a pretty good one. Um, I think Rogers might've been great there, but uh, I like Garoppolo there. Yeah. He's not bad. I just don't think it's not, a, again, it's not a move that's really going to impact their um, situation too much. I don't think, because again, they're in a tough division and, I don't know. It's not like much of an upgrade, if any upgrade. I think it is. I do. I really, really think it is an upgrade. They lost a lot of bad games last year that they should have won. Yeah, we'll see if that a was the quarterback. And I put a lot of that on some of Carr's decision making. So be interesting to see, you know, if if Garoppolo tanks, you're right. It was Shanahan, like just pulling those strings down there in um, uh, San Fran. But, yeah, protecting him a little bit. But if he's successful, I could see him being a over uh, a better than average game manager so they just lost one of their weapons to waller got uh sent to the giants so yeah mccann assault um, didn't get invited to the wedding <laughs> did you see that no kelsey plum tweeted that out again <laughs> was just salty that he didn't get invited to the wedding and then she quickly thought of like but really new york were pumped to be there so. yeah yeah that's funny that's a good one I think that's a good move for – I think he, he was injured last year, but he, he's a talented young wide receiver. So um, I did. good move for, for the Giants. Um, Haven't added a little weapon uh, support there. Um, all right, so that's uh, catching up with the NFL stuff. NBA stuff, a lot of storyline things, but not much like uh, movement. Um, otherwise, there's been a lot of MVP debate. Uh, especially as the Nuggets have been struggling. Um, but it's basically, I think it's between Jokic and Embiid and Giannis. Um, Deja vu. The, yeah, it's like the last three years, definitely last year. Um, but yeah, Jokic going for a third in a row, Giannis for his third, and Embiid trying to get his first. Do you have a front runner for yourself? Well, first I want to say, I think it's interesting that everybody wants to say like, there's no more bigs in the league. The bigs aren't, it's not about having bigs. It's actually <laughs> like guards and, you know, playing fast. And, and like you just said, how, how we've been talking about bigs as the MVPs the last three years. Now they're not your prototypical, like Olajuwon big, but, but they're bigs. Like they play around the rim. They rebound well, they move the ball well, they can shoot, but they're bigs. They're not guards in this conversation. They're not these big three point shooters in this conversation. Um, so I, I just think that's kind of interesting um, the way they do it. Um, yeah, it's kind of just to add to your your statement too is they've all like brought something new or fresh or unique to the game too, right? Like Jokic is, I mean, he's a point guard center essentially is kind of his role. He can run the fast break, triple-double machine with rebounds and assists. Like he's very much like things run through him. And he can, he dictates the offense and, and actually like runs the offense as like the point guard essentially, but he's not a point guard. He's a center. Embiid is like similar, not exactly physically the same as Shaq, but like similar type presence down low or is much bigger and uh, than anyone he's going up against, but he can push out to the three point line and shoot threes and, and things that, and make free throws, things that Shaq couldn't do. Um, and then Giannis is just a, I don't know, a, a bulldozer to the to the rim every time, and very athletic. And 
his defense is is great um and yet yeah, this very um kind of like creating their own standards for their positions and stuff and i guess Giannis isn't technically a center whereas Jokic and and beat our, you know, Giannis is generally referred to as a power forward. Lopez is the center there, but you know, similar like height and, and physical nature uh, of how they style play. But yeah, Giannis is a very much a creator and an attacker of the rim from, from the baseline, uh, from the, like the three point line. Um, and he's not like a post player necessarily. He's very dynamic in how he plays. So yeah, very unique, but yeah, where, where's your head at? Um, crazy for another year in a row i mean Embiid's scoring numbers are wild and he's really helping that sixers team but they're playing well right now averaging a triple double is absurd as a big two you know 10 assists a game like wild um so yes is like 25 points per game is behind Giannis and mb but not by that much but he's got 10 assists per game on top of that and is matching them in rebounds um better field goal percentage shooting and better shooting from beyond the arc. So I do think it's a two horse race. I think it's Jokic and Embiid. Um, I think those are your two comes down to uh, with Giannis second or like close. One A, one B and he's number two. Yeah. Yeah. But averaging a triple double is absurd. It's wild um, on a contender. So I think I got to go Jokic. You know I love Jokic too. I know you do too. So the, <laughs> might as well make you try to pick someone else because I know you hate picking the same thing as me. Well, no, it's it's not even necessarily just that either. Like the um I think the thing that is most impressive about Jokic is like I, I forget I gotta find that the stat. Um, but like Jokic being like how bad the nuggets are if he's not on on the court. I think when I had originally like wrote a post and this was months ago, so I'm sure the numbers changed, but at the time they were like a eight or 10 win team. If he was not playing and with him playing, they're like a 60 plus win team or something like that. It's those, that, that discrepancy. I mean, it really much to me, it like solidifies and defines what an MVP is. Um, And that number is just absurd. Um, And how good they are with him on the court versus off the court i mean his he's like a 60 40 82 like i bill simmons goes for the 50 40 90 club which is like a pretty rare club already and he's at 60 40 with not like a a small amount of threes attempted per game like he's he's shooting at least three or four threes a game generally um a little bit less this year um but still like just absurd numbers this is his highest highest assist total that he's had um so like statistically like better than the last two seasons and the team is number one in the west they've been struggling lately though that's that's a hard thing and his defense is definitely not to the same caliber of Embiid and okay he's Um, played more games than both of them and more minutes yeah seven games so he's played a week more of games than these guys have and he's over two thousand minutes for the season yeah i mean i you know Jokic is my pick but i would not be upset to see Embiid win it either because I mean he's been worthy last year he's worthy again this season like he's having an even better year than he had last year the Sixers are making a, a pretty strong push to the, to the end of the season and they could make a run towards 
the two seed, if not the one seed, if they really put their things together and the other teams maybe fall off a little bit. Celtics haven't been playing well. Um, and he's been doing it all year. I think one of the first articles I wrote at the start of the season for my newsletter was about Embiid and him scoring like uh, 55% of his team's points one game because he, he's dropped like 55 points in a game. Um, so he's he's a scoring machine, does what his team needs. He's on both ends of the court. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard to like not reward a guy that's been top tier for, for the last couple of years. Um, and if Jokic and, and the Nuggets kind of tail off and, and aren't doing as well towards the end, I don't think it's wrong if they, cause they end up having the same record around the same record, even if they're the number one seed, I think it's okay to reward. Like again, we're talking about like, Oh, you're not the first best, you're not the first most valuable or second most valuable is like not a insult to anybody. So I'm, I'm okay either way, even if Giannis were to win, but I do think it's between Embiid and Jokic and I would lean towards Jokic, but I'd be very much okay if Embiid wanted to. I agree. Um, who do you think wins? I think it's gonna go to I think it's gonna go to Embiid. You think so? You think yeah. people don't want to pick a second? I think the narrative's shifting a little bit because of the discourse recently and because of the Nuggets struggle. Um, but mm-hmm. I also think Embiid's playing as well as he has. He already beat went to head to head with Jokic and dominated him. Um and they play again and well, I guess we'll have to wait and see how that goes if there's if there's some um anything interesting that happens in that game that could change the the conversation again um there so but i think that's who will end up winning um then we have the issues uh john morant um off the court um you know brandishing a gun at a club celebrating with his shirt off on an instagram live um led to the team kind of um ultimately ended up leading to an eight-game suspension. Um, kind of taking some time away from the team, get some help, um, deal with his anxiety and stress. Um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts when you heard about all this? Felt bad for the guys, very young, um, dealing with a lot of maybe not, I don't know, making the best, obviously not making the best choices, but it seems like all of it was always tied to like, some of it was tied to family members, uh, some of the other issues, not not specific to this time around, but there's been other issues too. I don't know. I feel bad for him, but I hope he gets the help. He's a heck of a talent on the court. I like watching him play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do hope he gets the help he needs and it's not just for show or anything like that. Um, or just like why like he got caught. Yeah, he's got to make uh, smart choices. Definitely has to make smart choices. And I hope he learns that from that because he can have one hell of a career. He's a heck of a talent and that team's been good um makes me also wonder you know like some of the things that came out how really how is the culture of the grizzlies team um how's the leadership on that team so curious if um they're built to win playoffs games or not right now yeah it's a young group what do you what would you guess like this is we're coming towards the end of the year jaw's not gonna come back right away the grizzlies have been struggling of late do you think their chances have kind of gone out the window for this season or can they rally and and would you be shocked to see them make a finals appearance or even win the whole thing i think i'd be shocked to see them make a finals appearance um, yeah sorry what, what's his name um steven steve uh steven adams steven adams like that 
I think in the players only meeting saying like, Hey guys, we need to take like road games a little more seriously. And those things, I think you get away with some of that stuff with talent in the regular season, but when it comes down to seven game series and, and um, NBA playoffs, I, I think that eats teams up. So yeah, I'd be surprised to see them in the NBA finals. Yeah, I think so too. I think they've been too much distraction and, and may hopefully they can turn it around next season and come back focused and uh, really put their time uh, into the potential that this team could have, and we've seen them show that they're capable of doing. Um, so I hope so, because I'm Jaws, one of my favorite players. Um, and obviously, yeah, making some dumb young choices, um, not putting himself in the best situation. So he's got to be smarter about that. I think Jalen Rose kind of framed it best because he um, had maybe some similar types of experiences with people in his orbit um, and had to make some changes and, and hopefully these are the changes and he gets the help that he said that he needs and, and deserves to, to kind of uh, make the change. Um, other teams struggling warriors are kind of struggling. Lakers still hanging around despite um, LeBron being um, still out. Um, but if you had to guess, what do you think is going to, how do you think that bottom half of the NBA is going to shake up? On the West? On the West. We got the Warriors in the sixth spot. And then there's, I mean, arguably, you could go all the way to the 12 spot, and those teams are within two and a half games of them. I mean, do the Mavericks figure things out and start, you know, get out of that eight seed? Um They're not playing very well. I mean, no, they're playing awful. But I could see the Thunder dropping out. Um, I think the Jazz are kind of in this position. I would think Pelicans can maybe make a last minute push, and you know, Dame's playing okay. But that that team's a little bit further out at five games, but um, I don't know. This last push is going to. Yeah, this last push is going to be interesting, though. Um, no one's. I would say. I mean. I'd say the Clippers on a four-game winning streak and the Thunder on a three-game winning streak. There's no – I mean, Kings are eight and two over their last ten. That's outstanding. The, the Nuggets have lost four in a row, and they're still four and a half up. Yeah, outside of the Kings being eight and two, the next best thing is six and four. Like, the Grizzlies are six and four over their last ten. Warriors are six and four over their last ten. Thunder and Lakers are six and four over their last ten. So it's not like any teams are just going on a hot run right now as we approach playoff times. Yeah. I mean, and then Katie got hurt and he's probably not, he's not coming back probably before the end of the season. So, I mean, we could see some more movement. I mean, it feels like the Grizzlies Kings and nuggets are kind of in their own area. And then there's the rest. And that's very open. Like even between the Suns and the jazz, it's four games. And that's the four seed and the, 11th seed or even like the pelicans too both of them are at the 11th seed like that's four games that's it between that like anything can happen there's not that much time left yeah i I, it's gonna be a race to watch for sure for sure who do you if you had to guess who would you put as your final four for the west like the not the final four that like the the last four last four and seven through ten 
I'm going to go Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, Pelicans. I was going to go Dallas, Lakers, Timberwolves, Jazz. Wow, the Jazz sneak in. They've been surprising. Like, like why the hell not? Like, we expect yeah. them to be the format of the entire league, and they keep coming. So I think they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, so I see them sneaking in as a 10. All right. I think it's going to be a fun race at the end. Um, on the other side, we're seeing um, the Celtics kind of fall off. They were the one seed. The Bucks went on a run when I think it was 14 games in a row. Uh, the Knicks at one point had won nine in a row. Um, and it kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. Sixers have now won six in a row um, and are only one game behind the Celtics. So how do you see that shaking up? At the top, are you concerned the Celtics probably – they don't look like a championship team right now. No, they don't. And, I mean, I think I was more – but I was super surprised with how they started off the year. Um, but can they pull the defense back together? Can Tatum take back over? I think those things are all possibilities. Um, so I think it's really just avoiding the Bucks and avoiding the Sixers for as long as you can. Um because I do think you know, Cavaliers have had a good year. They could be a sneaky team in the playoffs. Um, but I think there's a there's a gap between the top three teams in the East and the rest. Yeah, and are you surprised to see that the Nets have been able to stick around? Um, it's interesting. Is that was like is that indicative on the culture there? Is that indicative on people didn't like playing with Kyrie? Was too many things built around the stars on that team? And this is something where you're giving guys opportunities that they didn't have opportunities before and they're taking advantage of it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, surprising that it's the Nets with the better record since Kyrie left and not the um, Mavericks. Yeah, it's it's been very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they seem like they're having fun with each other, um, playing with each other. Um, they're, they'll, their um, final four, uh, the last four in, is an interesting there that's going to be tight too it's for all of these races there's a lot of intrigue towards the end of the season of, of who's going to sneak in and in, in these last in last four in uh playing games and and just the seedings and seeing how that all plays out so it's gonna be a fun end of the season and i just gotta say i was one year early on the kings one oh, year early yeah they're good they're good. They're fun the to watch. Two seed. I I still didn't even think they'd be the two seed. That's crazy. Ways to go, but they're playing really flipping well, and they got a good fan base right now. Yeah, they're having fun with it. Uh, so, um, that's good. We will check in with that as we get towards the end of that season. Uh, golf also happening. Um, Scotty Scheffler won again. It's almost becoming commonplace to say that with a big. Players Championship. That's one of the bigger tournaments of the season and non majors. Um, and pretty much dominated. Um, like wasn't really close. Uh, were you surprised to see him struggling on the final day? Um, no, I can't say I am surprised. Like he's playing very good last year and he's just picking up where he left off. So, no, I'm not surprised to see um, his dominance. I maybe expected more challenge at the players from other players, but other players just kept scuffling along Roy didn't even make the cut like um so I, I mean I think it does I think we missed out on Rom being there being sick so that's a bummer yeah. for me um because I would love to see him and Scotty um go head to head uh both at their a game 
Um, right. But no, but good for Scotty. Um, I think it kind of comes down to what we talked about a little bit with the documentary, though. Like, it's all boring. Yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, 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 I'm going to just go out there and do my thing and kick the shit out of everybody. It's awesome, isn't it? Great. Yeah. He's like, I think, uh, what was it? Brooks Kefka said it where he's like, he's not thinking about anything. <laughs> hey, he's going to go have a dinner or dessert with his grandmother. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, props like, to her at, I think, 90, 80 some years old, walked all 72 holes for him. So, Shout out to you, Grandma Chef. Yeah, seriously, good for her, uh, and a lot of reasons to show up when he's near the top of the leaderboard. He's like, he's you better make him all win. the dessert. I wonder if she's making yeah. the dessert for the Masters Center. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so Masters next. We saw Scotty Scheffler's uh, menu. Uh, what was? What do you think of the menu options? Love it. Great choice. What do you, what do you think oh, Scotty's style is? Texas, so it's gonna be like steaks and the food like that from texas barbecue no the cheeseburger sliders are are they they're called served scotty style what would your guess be my guess is literally it's cheeseburger because he's boring so i think it's scotty style is like i just want a cheeseburger <laughs> maybe it's the way the meat's cooked serve scotty style serve scotty style i didn't see read that a little bit I was another, what? Another outstanding menu. Like, I liked it a lot. I don't think I've seen a bad menu. You know, like I love Matsuyama's a few years ago with the seafood and the sushi in there. Um, that was last year's. So, yeah, that was last year's. No, Justin Johnson had, or who had it last year? Matsuyama. No, he didn't win twenty twenty one. Yeah, I thought Dustin was twenty twenty and Matsuyama was twenty one. Like, I, I thought he was 2019. Oh no, that's I mean. No, I he, oh no, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. 2019 is Tiger. 2020, Dustin Johnson. So we had the two in one year, technically, right? Did Dustin Johnson get a get a? He got a quick one. He got a quick turnaround. It's like November, right? Like it was done in yeah, November. Yeah, we did that one in the fall, and then we had it again in April. Oh, okay, so Matsuyama was 2021. Wow, I feel like that was. I don't know why I feel like that was like a long time ago, but I guess not. I think maybe because we went bang bang, we had Dustin Johnson in the fall. They played. Did they play Super Bowls? It was an awesome day because I remember I watched the Masters in the morning. And it was something else in the evening. Like it was well, like, I mean, it was in it was in like November, so yeah, it would have been. I think good. It, no, it was yeah. The Masters finished in the morning, and then the football started right at one because I think they had to finish the Masters early because of um, getting dark. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Matsuyama won because um, he battled with. I know Xander choked late, but it was a God, I forget who he battled hard with, but it was a good tournament. And then Scotty. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um if you want do we want to make Masters picks now or do we want to wait? Scott. I mean, why don't we make our picks and then a long shot? All right. My pick. So what, three picks? One per one person? You know, to do our top three. Top, top, top three, three and a long shot. And we'll pick a long shot. All right. Do you have yours already? Yes. Do you, go with yours. Um, Scotty, Rom, Homa. Incredibly boring, but I think we're going to see an awesome battle between Scotty and Rom at the Masters. I, I think it's going to be epic. I think it's going to be one of the best tournaments in a long time. 
two of them are playing super well right now. I think they're going to be in the final pairing together on Sunday, and it's going to be an awesome finish. Must watch TV. Yeah, I think, I think Rom and Homa. I we've been talking about this separately. Um, those two guys are playing so well right now that I'm going to go with them. The one downside, and maybe Scotty can break this, is that he. Uh, there hasn't been a repeat since Tiger Woods in the early 2000s. It's a really hard thing to do. We both agree that we think he can do it. He's got the tools to do it. My concern. I mean, he's. He's playing like he can. Yeah, my concerns, and I picked Homa also, but against players, and then a few weeks ago, he hasn't been able to win in the clutch or hasn't been able to close things out. Yes, he has a tournament win. Like, I'm not knocking him. He's a great player. I like Homa a lot. I think he's playing well, but I'd be curious to see if he can handle the pressure at Augusta. I can see him being in the mix after 54 holes, but final day, does does he choke on that 10 through 12? Um, how does he do at the, you know, they said the corner, like, can he compete on the final day? Yeah, ah, man, it's gonna be tough. I, I'm gonna go with as my third. I'm between Zalatoris and, um, McElroy. None of us are picking uh, live golfers either. Who? None of us are picking live golfers either. Either. No, not picking them. Uh, I'll go with Rory as my third. Who's your long shot? I don't know if this is a fair long shot because he's. Uh, who? Who is it? Hold on. Let me think here. I might go with Victor Hovland. Is that considered a long shot? Because he's never won a major. Would that be a Dude, like, that is exactly who I was going to pick. That is exactly who I was going to pick. But he's ninth in the world. So I don't know if that's fair to call him a long shot. Yeah, or Morikawa. Like, I guess Morikawa would be a little bit better of a... So here, I'll go two. And I went deeper down the board. And there are bigger names. But um, I think Terrell Hatton, the way he played down the stretch, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's been playing well. I don't know if he's in the Masters or not, so I don't know the Master field off the top of my head. So we might have to redo the long shots when I see the Master field. Um, or Tommy Fleetwood. Okay. Tommy Fleetwood has played well in some um, majors before. Um, I think a short game, if he gets it together, he could be in the mix. But yeah, Victor Hovland was also my first pick, but then when I saw when he's ninth in the world, like, can you really call him a long shot? I know he hasn't won a major yet, but um, I like Victor. Yeah, I, I, I'm like trying to like base it on like he doesn't have like a ton of wins, if any, on the tour. So it's like, despite yeah, their ranking, yeah. can tour. Let me, where is he at? Where is he at? Where is he at? I'll throw mine in as uh, Tony Fino. I like that. Now, to be fair, or Xander, or Xander Shoffley, but he has played well at the Masters. Choked a little bit down the stretch, but also not a bad pick. Yeah, um, he's talking fair, about Fino. Hoblin is only twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. He's young. All right, so we'll we'll make a different pick then. Um, so I'll go with Fino. You got um, who you say Fleetwood or who was the other one? Um, 
Oh, Hatton. Terrell Hatton. Uh, That's really impressive how he played down the stretch at the players, you know, crunch time, block things out, finished with, I think, four or five straight birdies uh, to really jump up in the money. Um, So I think he could be, you know, does he ride that momentum? Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm excited for that. We'll wait to see how that plays out. But I think it's going to be a fun one. I can't wait. It's going to be a really competitive one. I think it's going to be, and I hope it's down to the wire because what did Scotty ended up having like a six shot lead going into that last hole? So it's going to be really competitive come down to like the last last couple holes. Going to a playoff would be pretty sweet. Um, hasn't I feel like that hasn't happened in a little while. So that'd be fun. Um, and then we had our show, Ted Lasso, come back. Uh, season three premiered on Wednesday, uh, episode one. What were your thoughts on the first episode? Good. You know, set the stage back up again. I think I think you always run into these first episodes. It's not just Ted Lasso thing. Like, I just kind of went through it with Mandalorian. Um, and I think I went through it with The Last of Us. That, you know, the last first episode, you got to set the stage. So, too, you can't always jump back into the mix like crazy. Like, I think they did it well with season two. They were able to jump back into it. Um, but they released them all at the same time. So, I don't feel like you really were jumping back into it when you can kind of binge watch. And now they're releasing one at a time each week. Um, but it was good. Um, we figured out where Nate was at and some of his struggles he was still having. Um, we saw um, Rebecca, her competitive side again, but maybe like realizing like why she hired, why she became so close with Ted in the first place at the end of the episode. And then we still saw the same, same Ted. Um, so, and then a little, little sprinkles of you know drama to come yeah throughout. totally so, great first episode still love the show um shout out to my good friend amy huff who got us all pints of the ice cream uh the ted lasso ice cream is it good oh it's very good very good. i had to contain myself from just dominating the entire thing last night because <laughs> it was ready to go but it was very good highly recommend it so props to coach house nice uh yeah i enjoyed it um it's good to be back in that world again with the 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 um cast and and those characters um very heavy ted episode um which i feel like they had kind of gone away from a little bit in season two i thought they were exploring the other characters but it was kind of nice to be back with a focus on ted where he's having kind of a identity crisis of sorts he's like are why are we still here kind of thing like i think he's feeling like he understood why he went initially but like kind of like it's supposed to be temporary and i want to be with my kid like you tell he was struggling with his his son was visiting him and heading back home his wife seems to be moving on um so he's kind of i think starting to realize he would like to be going elsewhere and doesn't really feel as needed or or is um important to what needs to happen there anymore um i was a little shocked i felt like rebecca's turn to being super competitive and needing to win the was a little quick um like i understand her her feelings towards rupert and him owning a team changes that because he didn't own a team before so she didn't have that need but it still was pretty sharp uh turn into that um but again love makes you do some wild things sometimes and she you know they talked about that before where um rebecca's decision to even hire ted to destroy the team was was made in spite of rupert so clearly still has uh he's he's having an impact on 
on her. And I also thought Nate's turn to really throw Ted under the bus the way he did in that press conference was quite drastic uh, to say that he was shitty. Uh, I'm not surprised by it because like the way he popped off on him on that final episode of season two, like there is some built up hatred and anger in there and some really unresolved issues. So I think he's leaning into that villain. I think he leans oh, he's definitely leaning into loves it. it. But I, I don't hate it. I, I think it's pretty realistic. I didn't hate it. It just felt strong. Like I, I wouldn't have expected. I felt him saying making a joke about Richmond was was probably the right level. And then to say that Ted was shitty was that was pretty strong language. I would have thought he would have said something a little bit different, like uh, like something like, oh, I'm a little bit I am very different. And you'll see this in my style of coaching than the Ted Lasso character over there in Richmond kind of thing, like I think they or even that. like taking credit to be like, I think all the success they've had was because of me. Like Fair. just to say he's one. shitty was that was pretty that was pretty harsh. But they lean into the poor language though in the show. Yeah, like, f bomb dropped all the time, and I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of normal way to talk about an opponent over in England in a press conference. But yeah, I could see it more. So I, I agree with you. I think him maybe taking more credit for the success they have. Um, hey, look, they're down at the bottom now. Uh, can't be twenty one because there's only twenty teams. When I was there, we weren't the bottom. So. Yeah, I helped. I'm the reason they're even in the Premier League to begin with would have been yep. like, that's like a shot at Ted without it being right. like, you suck and you're right, shit. Right. Like, that's all. I just, I thought it could have been in a different tone. Um, but I do, they're really leaning into the villain side, which I think is like, it's cool to contrast and see Nate, like now we have two practices, we like two organizations, two workplaces we get to like monitor to seeing how Nate operates and handles his team and the people around him versus Ted. And I think that's going to be a, a really, I like that we're kind of getting those two different worlds now. I'm glad that um, we're not leaning super into a Rebecca Ted kind of confrontation. It looks like Rebecca at the end of the episode bounced back to, you know, let Ted be Ted. And then we had Ted in the, in the press conference, like leaning into the jokes, leaning into him, not, not, going after Nate so it looks like that tension is hopefully gone because I don't I don't we've done that already we've done the tension between Ted and Rebecca and and like have we though they didn't really have tension before the whole first season you came out with Jamie I guess Ted never leaned into it like he forgave her but I guess we saw Rebecca like second guessing and going against Ted a lot in season one. And I, 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 I personally like it better when they work together in that mm-hmm. you see that side, just, I wouldn't hate it if constantly everything that Nate does just fails to like upset and disrupt. Like I think they're, I think West Ham's going to beat, um, beat Ted Lasso's team. Like at one point, I think it's gonna be like, two nothing three nothing and it's still not gonna be enough for nate i think we're still just gonna see that like beating ted is not enough it's mm-hmm. not gonna be enough for him because like ted is not wired that way so yeah. i think he's gonna build up to this like ah, i beat ted look at me now and it's just gonna be like well what's next and right this was not as great as i thought so um yeah yeah it's gonna be it it's good it's a good start uh longer episodes too um I wish it wasn't week by week. I wish they had a little bit more episodes to watch. This is a show that should be like 
binging, but binge worthy. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. So, but um, and oh, geez, um, Roy and Keeley, will they stay broken up? Yeah, I think so. I I think it will be hard, and they'll struggle with it. But I I do think it makes sense, and I'm okay with it. I think actually Jamie and Keeley are better for each other. Um, especially what do you think they end up back together? I think that's more likely to happen. And I actually liked the Roy teacher dynamic that they were leaning into a little bit flirtation wise. And I don't know if they will go in that direction with Roy. Cause I think the point is that Roy is um, very interesting. He found something he's passionate about, which is coaching. And I think there was a little hints of that where like Roy is putting up this strategy on the board. And then Keely's like hinted at him kind of having some um, self-doubt um, kind of things. So it's clear that it's important to him and he wants to do well with it. Um, and I could see that being the pass off, right? Like Ted's like, I'm going home. Roy, Roy's going to run this and he'll take him to the top kind of thing. He's I've got us as far as I can take us. And now it's on Roy to, to bring it home for you kind of thing. I, I can very much see that happening. And I think Roy is going to be very focused on doing that well. And yeah, I, that's just how I see it going. Do you think it was fair? They seem to put the blame on Roy that it ended. Like, do you notice that when he got in the car with his niece? She's like, you're being stupid. I think it seems that way because even Keeley seemed to hint at it a little bit. And he, he Keeley was trying to say we're on a break. And Roy was saying we're broken up. And there was yeah, a that difference in... Keely hanging on to something because we also saw Keely is she had to schedule a time to <laughs> have a cry in her office because she's so busy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. It seems like Roy's being passionate and it kind of maybe he is a one track like he wasn't. He was an athlete. He was an athlete. Tunnel vision was an athlete. Then was in love with Keely. Tunnel vision in love with Keely. And now I think you're right coach love with coach doesn't seem he can do multiple things um, where Keely has kind of done multiple things with multiple hats but this is the first time she is owning one thing it seems like so I think Roy is very self-aware too like I think he knows he noticed things were falling apart or like they weren't even falling apart they were drifting apart Keely's very driven and he doesn't want to get in the way of that and he's got his own thing now. So before it was like he was leaning into their relationship because he didn't have anything else. Now he has something else that can occupy his time. And the person he cares about also has something that occupies their time. And because they're not with each other all the time, I think he realizes like, maybe I'm not the best person for you then. And it could just be an issue of timing. It doesn't mean that they weren't or meant to be together, but more of timing wasn't right. And because the timing wasn't right, maybe a different person comes in and, and that timing is right for those, those two people. Honestly, I'd be very okay. If Keely doesn't date anybody for the rest of the show. I mean, I might, think, might be, I don't think I need that love interest to, for me to really like her character still. And for her to be a big part of the show. Yeah. It'd be interesting if they went with no love stories. Right. Cause I don't need the Jamie one back again. Uh, yeah. Well, because she would be the only like Ted. Ted's not going to have a love. I guess he could have um, with. uh, Yeah. Big fan of that one. I would like to see that one happen, but they're hinting. It doesn't seem well. 
she didn't play enough of a role. I feel like that one's kind of just been a nice, fun way for Ted to break out of his shell and yeah. and out of his comfort zone and now and move on wife, and move on, ex- right? Yes, his ex wife now is finally dating. Clearly, so yeah, got that on drop on too, which sucks. Like I feel for I feel for Ted so bad. Like, really yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. Um, he's and he's not and he's not there because I'm I think that's part of the thing is he thinks if he was there, things would be different um so but i think he's he's feeling that but i continue to give this show so much credit because they make hard choices to make it an entertaining show like you know I, I fought with this like i hate that nate's the villain but it's perfect also like but that's not a decision i would make i like i like the old nate character i thought he fit in well but that doesn't make a good show so mm-hmm. i give him credit breaking up roy and keely might have been easy to write them just staying together the whole year um you know being making ted just the all-american guy like i give them so much credit for the choices they make in the show it makes it entertaining i'm gonna be bummed when the seasons finally do end um but the the characters are super even how corny they make it sometimes the characters say very relatable so that is talented writing staff talented acting talented everything yeah that's why i actually think the ted rebecca tension could be a major driver of of this season i i think the driver i think it i think the ted it's like trying to force ted to change and i think it could but i and maybe we see that more maybe just driving ted to be competitive but i think the nate ted relationship is the driver and maybe that bothers rebecca because she might view nate as the enemy now because of being with rupert so maybe that drives some tension there but i think that's it's going to be that back and forth more so of like Nate trying to one up Ted and constantly everything he does to hurt Ted ends up hurting him. Yeah. And coming back to it, I think there's going to be multiple layers of it, but I can see the, the Ted Rebecca thing. Cause Nate has, she'll try, she'll try to let him be himself, but I think yep. her competitive side and you know, the more success or things she sees about and hears about will really weigh on her. And I think they're going to test, they're going to test that Ted Rebecca relationship. Cause I don't think they, I think you, there was small bits of it in season one, season two, there was none. And I think this is where they might lean into that like a little bit more because the Ted Nate one's not going to be direct. And I think this is going to be the direct tension is, is that mixture of you already saw beard sometimes get, at it with Ted about the same thing. Like this yep. winning does matter. Fair. Um, Good point. And so there's been little sprinkles of that. And I can see it being something that becomes more and more important as the season goes on to Rebecca. Um and it clashes with with Ted's perspective or it causes Ted to like rethink how he thinks about things. Like and and maybe it causes an internal tension with him um, about whether or not this is the right thing for him or if he's the right guy for the job, right? See, this is why it's a great show. Look at how many different directions we've just talked this into and how many different ways it could go. So, yeah, um, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Be a fun one to, to follow along. Um, maybe the next time we meet, there'll be a couple more um, to talk about. But yeah, so we'll, we'll check in on that and... Uh, and anything else is happening with March Madness and any of the other leagues as we go along. So thanks for listening, everyone.